Yeah, how do we start this without getting in trouble? <laughs> I don't know. There's no good trouble way to start this without getting in trouble. Cause... I mean, it's it's just who we get in trouble with is really that's the fair. question. That's... No, I mean, look, I think, I don't even think, like, like Ryan's not, like, there's nothing, there's nothing that uh, he wants more than, like, for Ryan Day to be fired right now. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't think he's, like, going to be mad. <laughs> I think he should keep his job for a million years, personally. I think he's doing a great job. <laughs> absolutely yeah he's doing really good i mean he's only lost to one big 10 team how bad could it possibly be exactly uh, all right let's i guess well i guess let's get it going right welcome To the Bucket Problem, episode 69. I am your host, Ace Ambender, and I am joined by Dan, Connor, and Taylor. Uh, Michigan beat Ohio State by a whole fucking bunch. Uh, uh, 45 to 23 is your final score. Um, I, yeah, I'm already at the point where I'm at a bit of a loss. Uh, Michigan has 530 yards of total offense. To Ohio State's 492, Michigan gains 8.8 yards per play to Ohio State's 6.4. Ohio State runs 17 more plays than Michigan and cannot muster uh, half of the point total of Michigan uh, because, well, barely did, barely mustered half because uh, Michigan was um, dropping bombs on them uh, for most of the game. And when they finally adjusted to the bombs getting dropped on their head, uh, Michigan just uh, ran right through them uh, like they did last year, uh, except with much longer touchdowns. It it was uh, erotic. Um, Who could have possibly like foreseen that actually this defense still sucks shit. Um, it's just got like, you know, 15% better uh, organization. Um, and their big idea was just like, hey, like, why don't we just play cover zero? And they're not going to have any answer to that. Um, who but, could have you know, foreseen this, Dan? Did anybody <laughs> foresee this on this podcast? Did anybody make some predictions around here? Uh, I, we should we should get into big boots before I talk myself into a quarter here. Uh, I uh, I just want to note that they call they call Jim Knowles Winston Churchill the way that he's a respected big name who gets bombs dropped on him. Damn. Okay. <laughs> on that note, big boots. Uh, I'm going to start with my own because I'm really feeling myself right now. And I was fucking right about a lot. And I, I am here to grow about it. I, I am here to listen to you. Tell me I was right. Uh, I, I am here uh, to say that I said Michigan was going to uh, nuke Ohio state's defense because Ohio state was not built for defending Michigan. I said that Jim Doles would have to come up with something wild and deviate from what he was comfortable doing because Ohio State cannot stop Michigan when Michigan plays how they want if they try to play straight up. And Ohio State came out and literally did not play safeties uh, for a lot, a large portion of this game. They were just in straight-up cover zero. They had their safeties at linebacker depth, and Michigan just threw it all over their heads. They could not guard Michigan's receivers. And yes, it turns out the five-star quarterback that Michigan has been holding back is actually pretty good. He's actually pretty fucking good. We saw this last year. We saw flashes of it this year. People flipped out about like a handful of deep balls, did not look at like just the general idea of like, hey, 
this guy is pretty darn talented and we have seen it all in pieces. And maybe Michigan has just been choosing to sit on these inferior opponents all season, which we've been telling you they have been doing. Anybody who's been watching Michigan knows they have just shelved massive portions of the playbook and Michigan fucking pulled out the whole thing in this game. For the most part, they didn't have their Heisman candidate. And by the way, I did not rule out that Michigan could not win without Blake Corum. I feel fucking great. I told people to bet on the Michigan money line. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm just, I feel so good. This was just the, one of the most, like, last year was wonderful. Last year was very great in, a, in very different ways. It was exceptionally cathartic. Uh, we, we needed that. It was a relief, but the, uh, the validation, the proof of concept of this year and the fact we did it in their place and beat them even worse. Uh, man, I like, it's hard to choose which game was more enjoyable. I think, I think in terms of my just like ability to go into these football games, confident and enjoy them, uh, this one start to finish, uh, I don't know. I don't know how you top that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm. Oh. No, sorry, Connor. Uh, by all means, your big move. I was going to give you Ace the credit you deserve. I will say, I think most of the hosts on this pod currently uh, raised questions about the Ohio State defense. I probably should have said it more vehemently, but honestly, I didn't want to jinx Michigan throughout the year. But like, I've always had my doubts. Uh, I already made my Winston Churchill joke poorly timed, but um, you know, I, I think where I want to give you the most credit is. I think you were the only person I saw on the record with a platform saying that, you know, Corum and, you know, kind of also Edwards being out or being heavily limited didn't mean it was over because going to this game, I thought that that was going to doom us if, if Corum couldn't be effective at all, if Edwards was also limited. So that's where I'm going to give you some, uh, some kudos, my friend. Thank you. And, and I will like, I am not some inhuman robot. When Blake Corum limped off the field and was shaking his head, that was a low point. I was not feeling good about Michigan's chances at that moment, but uh, belief was not entirely dispelled. And thankfully, I didn't tweet through it too much. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, pregame feelings and, and in-game feelings have to be uh, have to be separated a little bit just for uh, you know. I want to point out that all I said was that. Uh, Michigan would not win this game with CJ Stokes as their lead back. That was my take. Um, and that was correct. I, they would not have won this game with CJ Stokes, as their lead back. Uh, Donovan Edwards put, put together a heroic performance with, with one hand, hand. with one hand. Um, he was, uh, he looked just explosive. Um, he made a lot of great plays. Uh, and I think, I don't know. I mean, I think in a weird way, I mean, the only, the absolute only negative to this whole thing. And I, I want to, you know, echo what, what he said about just this game being so much, uh, honestly for me, like much more validating and, uh, just incredible. This is the best sports win I've ever experienced. Um, I'm on cloud nine. Uh, I've just been a pig in shit for like three straight days now, <laughs> just being an absolute demon online, um, a complete asshole. Uh, and I think that the only, the only, the absolute only negative is that if it had just been Blake Corum scoring those two long runs and making and, and being the lead back in this game, um, he would have absolutely won the Heisman. You know, that's that's the only that's the only what if from this season. Just everything else perfect. The only the absolute only like downside is that Blake Corum. I mean, Caleb Williams is going to win this Heisman by default now, which is 
Um, you know, he's a great player, whatever, but it would have been Blake Corum if he had played in this game and, and just put and just done the exact same thing that Donovan Edwards had done, which, you know, he's more than capable of doing, obviously. We also learned uh, from Jim Harbaugh's Sunday press conference that Blake Corum would have been the player to throw the uh, pop pass that ended up going to Khalil which, Mullings after a tryout period, apparently, <laughs> which would have been a real interesting watch at practice. <laughs> which which I feel like would have scored if it was Blake Corum somehow. I mean, actually, my, my, my honest take on that is that probably better Khalil Mullings throws that ball um, just because I don't quite, I don't know. Blake Corum is really short. I'm sure he has hops, but like <laughs> Khalil Mullings barely got that ball over the line. And well, did you, I don't did know you if five, eight, that Blake Khalil Corum... Mullings admitted that he uh, could not see Luke Schoonmaker. And uh, when Jim Harbaugh asked him, uh, you know, how he completed the play, he just said, I threw it to an area. <laughs> yeah, and that's so, you know what? That's so fine. Maybe Blake there's Corum a lot of, there's a lot of quarterbacks off. that have been throwing the ball to areas all year. <laughs> in this so that's fine. Um, he's going. Uh, oh gosh, what the, what's the quarterback's name from Friday Night Lights, the TV show? Uh, Sapper. It's a uh, Matt Saracen. Matt Saracen. He was going Matt Saracen mode. Um, that's a that's a <laughs> uh, deep cut. Friday Night Friday Night Lights. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I I think that uh, that was. That is an all-time – I mean, we're going to talk about it, of course, but that that play call is one that I – like everyone around at the table with me, um, I, I watched it at a Michigan bar, was going nuts. And I was like – I was just like, I can't believe they called that. I would be so pissed if that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I think that was – That's why the play call was named Big Balls, and that is not a joke. Uh, <laughs> that is that play, what called. When they completed that, um, you know, I, I, I'll admit, I was – of course, I was worried throughout this game because it is important to note Michigan was getting their ass kicked to start this game, like quite badly. And that's part of what made, you know, the fact that it was a blowout in the end so sweet was that, you know, from pretty much the whole first quarter, um, it was I was bracing myself for like, you know, a 2018 style beat down. And of course, we turned it around profoundly. But I think that play was the first one where I sort of felt like I was like, you know, the football gods are with us once again. I don't know what you deserve this. Um, maybe it's that Dan locked his account and hit his his posts uh, from the site of, of, <laughs> of his fellow sinners. But you know, the gods <laughs> smiled upon us. Hey, th- this podcast is is undefeated against Ohio State, as is the entire concept of the bucket Woo! problem. So. Uh, you know, regardless of what Dan has done or not done with his Twitter account, I feel like, uh, <laughs> and uh, I want to, I want to credit. No, like, like we did this, this is our victory and uh, borderline Christ-like of me to not unlock my account, by the yes, way, no, uh, after this Dan, win, Dan did not decide to openly grave dance instead he grave dance behind, uh, the lock. And, uh, for that uh he is literally jesus christ uh <laughs> yeah I, I don't know i don't know i'm waiting for like michigan to lose to, to unlock my account so that no one can accuse me of uh of actually i mean i don't know i, I guess i don't really care like it would it would be funnier for me to just be openly a, a giant bitch about it yeah, like, no, I, the, like uh, i talked about the michigan state game <laughs> yeah i just lean into it just unlock it now go full poster <laughs> mode uh taylor I, I feel like you have the most like measured take do so, I? Well, sure. yes, I think you do. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mine was in all caps. Well, okay, so, sure. Yeah, <laughs> I'll go. Um, so I had um, just like in the show chat, just like a respectful discourse with Connor, 
Um, and I and I think I'm actually still on this take that I am 100% comfortable saying Ohio State was the better team on paper. Um, I know it's tempting to say Michigan is the better football team, and I, I, I agree with that right now um, for reasons I'll explain briefly in a second. But um, I think it's important to point out that Ohio State was the better team on paper um, only because hear me out. It makes Ohio state fans feel much worse. Um, (laughs) It's really fun because like, even if you think about like, like, even if you think that Michigan is the better football team, um, which like I said, I've kind of landed there. It's also fair to say Ohio state just like fumbled the bag, like on what they have. Like if you look strictly at their roster and strictly what they were able to do against nothing competition. So like, again, I say this because it's like Michigan, we've been looking at them facing basically nothing competition if you look at ohio state the same way they have a better football team on paper um and then they screwed it up because they just couldn't teach their players how to handle the tiniest crumb of adversity like imagine having like nfl caliber talent like kids that could reach in their potential you know be day one or early day two picks and and they're just charm and soft like like that that's the difference to me between these two teams michigan was able to bounce back from adversity ohio state just simply had no answer because in part they've never seen it but in part because that's not part of that culture that obviously goes back to ryan day who i think should stay at ohio state basically for the rest of his life um i think he should get a lifetime extension um He's but perfect for them. They're front runners. I think he's doing great. Uh, they're in the national title conversation, as he said himself. Um, <laughs> I miss that quote. That is beautiful. He basically, like, yeah, did you see it? Like, right after the game, it wasn't that I, I paraphrased, but it was basically like he got off the, like, they had just lost, and he was like, yeah, I think we could still be like a top four team. Like, what are you talking about, man? Like, what are you talking about? You just lost to your rival the second time in a row and i don't think they've done that since 1999 it's the second it's the first time that they have yeah so it's they haven't lost back to back in a while yeah and also they haven't lost in the shoe in this game and you're still and you're on the podium like saying yeah we should we we would be a dangerous team that was the quote we would be a dangerous team if if they go to the playoff yeah, that g scott personal foul was uh pretty intense so uh. yeah i just i just i can't even imagine and like that was a terrible yeah, I, I agree it would, it would be dangerous <sighs> to have the secondary try to cover anyone that's going to go to the playoffs <laughs> uh that would be dangerous that would be bad for everyone involved um so yeah i'll i'll go next i'm, I'm taking over here <laughs> because i i miss i must have missed this debate uh in in the show chat um, cause I'm the only one here with an actual job. Uh, everyone else's jobs are fake. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, my job's very fake, but it's, it's, I've look, I've got spreadsheets to do. Um, and I, I must've missed this because I would have been, uh, really mad about it. Ohio state is not the better team on paper at all. They, these guys, they lost because they suck. Uh, these guys are bums. These <laughs> these defensive tackles are bums. They got owned all day. They only held down Michigan's run game because they were going cover zero. It's just like they were going like Don the, Brown. The would shit be you spam in in Madden yeah. when you have yeah. just gotten angry enough to rage quit. 
Don Brown would be embarrassed by the, the amount, like the, the lack of safety help that was being played uh, by, you know, um, just defensive fucking genius, Jim Knowles. Absolutely. Like he had two buttons, cover zero and then uh, soft cover two. And wouldn't you know it, Michigan absolutely toasted these, these corners are bad. It's not like a, it's not like a, oh, they're secretly good um, or they're, they're not playing their potential or they had a bad game. No, they're bad. Because Michigan's receivers, I've seen them all year, are, uh, you know, part of that was sandbagging, but they're not all world. They're not crazy, but they absolutely dusted this secondary all day because they suck. And because Ohio State is a front running team that everyone else besides Michigan in this league is afraid of. And Michigan came out and wasn't afraid of them and said, like, yeah, like, call your bluff. These guys suck. Our receivers are going to be open all day. Our quarterback isn't the most accurate and didn't have the best. Even, I mean, you know, he, he missed some passes and he's missed passes all year and he still only completed 50% of his passes in this game, but that was good enough. He made enough of the important passes and our receivers were wide the fuck open enough that he could underthrow them and just make easy passes all day. Um, and then when they finally had to go, you know, too high, like we ran it down their throats and went on an eight minute drive, just like we've done against everyone else in the country, not named Illinois this year. Uh, and then on the other side of the ball, like, yeah, they, you know, congratulations, you threw for a bunch of yards. We we were able to drop eight into coverage all day, not really get any pressure, and your boys just didn't have that dog in them enough to make anything count. Um, so yeah, it's 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 not Ohio State secretly being better. It's not they were the better team on paper. Uh, Michigan is the better football team here. They're the better football program right now, and there's I mean, you got everything you wanted. You you got to play the game at home. You got to play it in perfect conditions. Um, it wasn't even cold. There weren't even people wearing jackets in the stands. Uh, and you also got, you know, our best player to be uh, out and our our second best, I would I would say second best offensive player to be severely limited by a hand injury. And you couldn't make any of that shit count because, you know, they you don't have that dog in you and you're not that good at football. Um, it's it's the, these these guys aren't it's not just a case of like, you know, a team not playing up to their potential. Um, it's the fact that they are just taking, you know, some of these five stars just straight up aren't that fucking good. Uh, like JTT yeah. got put in a body bag by, you know, our, our tackle three all day. Um, there's, he didn't, he didn't get close to JJ one time, you know, Zach Harrison had, uh, I think his meaningful stats was that he had one mean mug of JJ McCarthy after, you know, a batted pass. Um, JJ McCarthy left at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the rest of the game, he was kept safely in a box by Ryan Hayes. And, you know, I guess he, he, he probably really held up the edge really well. I'm sure. Oh, he, um, he was credited with the QB hurry. Let's not, uh, let's not short him. Yeah. That, that very yeah, important I, uh, stat there. I just I have mean, to jump in and say, like, it'll never stop being funny to me that we were catastrophizing after the 2018 game when, five-star silent commit Zach Harrison, you know, silently decommitted from Michigan and committed to Ohio state. And that was one of the best things that ever happened because he sucks. Zach Harrison, if you hear this, you suck. <laughs> he's, he's, he's fine. I mean, he's okay, but he's just like this, this whole defense, like it's just, there's not he's that many dudes. There's no, there's no dudes there. There's no dudes on this team. Like, I mean, see CJ Stroud, like just who, who, whatever NFL team drafts CJ Stroud in the first round should have to sell the team truly i mean yeah just uh, the, the amount of red flags like that guy no one has ever had that dog in them less than cj stroud and we joke about having that dog in them a lot like just you know because because it's a it's a funny thing it's funny to say i'm i'm serious about cj stroud he's very like he's a very talented thrower of the football 
he will be an NFL bust. There is, I have never been more sure of anything. Like he, he cannot handle pressure. He cannot handle adversity. He pouts when things get hard. And um, he's a perfect embodiment of Ryan Day's Ohio State. And, and that's why we've beaten them two straight times and it hasn't been close. Um, and this whole thing kicks ass. It's, it's amazing. It's so satisfying. Um, and the best part is that they're going to lose again next year because they're going to, they're not going to fire Ryan day. They're not going to change anything about this staff. You know, I mean, they, they just hired Jim Knowles to like a godfather contract or whatever. They're going to lose a lot of talent. They're going to lose CJ Stroud. Um, they're going to have, you know, I don't know, like, I mean, I guess they could hit the lottery on another NFL first round quarterback, but I bet against it. Um, and even if they do, we'll, we'll whip their ass in the big house next year. Uh, and it'll be three in a row, and then they'll just have to deal with that. And they'll have to fire a coach that's probably lost, you know, four games in his whole career, three of them in Michigan. Um, and that'll be just the greatest, you know, the, the absolute greatest accomplishment that, that Michigan has ever, uh, you know, ever had um, in the history of their program, quite frankly, is just beating the shit out of an otherwise unstoppable uh, Ohio State program. Um, and you know, I just, I, I don't want to ever like take this for granted. It's, this is something that I, if you told me that Michigan had won two game, Ohio state games in a row at any point in my lifetime, um, a God couple of years it, ago, that would have sounded insane. <laughs> and, uh, you were born in 2012. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's just like, I, I don't ever want to take this for granted. I, I, I want to kick their ass every time. Um, I never want this to, you know, to feel like it gets routine. And, um, I, I don't know, like it, it just feels like. The, the program feels that way too now you know like this is this is this is what Michigan does Michigan beats Ohio State Michigan builds their whole program to beat Ohio State regardless of how good Ohio State is um and yeah it was it, it was awesome this was awesome that was like 10 minutes of Dan not taking a breath uh take a bow man I think I think you officially did like a longer, more intense rant than Spencer Hall did at Ohio State fans. So <laughs> let's not uh, put that far. That was a fucking just majestic piece of audio. I I'm into it, Dan. I'm I'm with you. I, only thing I'm salty about is that you stole some of my takes, um, but that's okay. Uh, that we have the same takes because they're the right takes. And um, I I just want to echo what you're saying, which is that like. This, where we talk about the on paper stuff, and I'm going to go back to what Taylor's take and not say that I think I get where Taylor, where I have to give Taylor like points here is obviously like, you know, SP plus and all the stuff that we use to project games. Like, you know, there was, you know, talent level, there's no question Ohio State's is higher. Yeah, like recruiting rankings. I I think what this, what this gets at for me is like, that's that, that's the, that's a flaw in the paper, right? Like, Michigan's, by the way, Michigan's higher on SP plus this week than than Ohio State. They are, by the way, by the way. No, I, Dan, of course. I'm just saying, like, bef- I'm saying to be fair before the game, but like, yep, yep, okay. here's, here's the reason that I, the reason that I thought this game was an even matchup, and it turns out Michigan is just a lot better, is that, like, you know, I've seen Michigan's imperfections all year, and I was trying to be a little bit humble about that, but like, Ohio State has looked a lot shakier this year than Michigan has. And by that, I mean, getting this is the fourth game out of the last five in which Ohio State's been outgained this year. That should have been like a blaring siren Wait, for, for every Ohio State partisan um coming into this game because you're getting out gained already and you haven't even played by far the best team on your schedule and so this wasn't as shocking as it may have seemed you know S&P plus recruiting rankings and stuff all that stuff aside the recruiting rankings thing i want to i want to say one brief thing about which is just like if you think S&P plus is a rough stat we use to project things like recruiting rankings are the roughest they are a very very broad indicator of how good guys are going to be and ohio state frankly has a bunch of highly ranked guys who are anywhere from mediocre to just bad um, 
you know, Harrison, like Zach Harrison's like never going to be a star of the NFL because he has no bend and no athleticism. He's just big. He's the Kofi Coburn of college football. Um, you know, and, and I could go down the list, but like, of course, Ohio State has some great players. Marvison Harrison Jr. actually is that dude. And they have some other guys like that. But, you know, their 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 players are overrated. Um, and Michigan is the better program. And right now we have the better players. And um, should I just go right into my big mood, Ace, or have I been talking too long? No, no, no. Fire away. <laughs> okay. Um, my big mood is to zoom out even farther and just say, I'm I'm planting a gravestone here. The Michigan Wolverines have helped kill an era of college football. And that era was the late 2010s slinging around with five stars, video game passing spread era. And a couple of weeks ago, I talked about sort of the, the 2019 season as the halcyon of that, when you had the Joe Burrow LSU team and you still had Trevor Lawrence Clemson and you had the great Justin Fields, Ohio state team. And it was just like, okay, you can't win a college football national championship unless you have a bunch of five-star receivers and a five-star first round quarterback and you're just slinging it around the yard and putting up, you know, 600 yards of offense every week. And there's no way to stop that. What will we ever do? Um, that's over. And Michigan is not the only team that killed it. Georgia deserves a ton of credit for being a team that, you know, probably the best team in college football, two straight years running uh, with as a defense first program that much like Michigan, um, you know, they're, 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 they sling it around more than Michigan, but they're, they have a little bit of that man ball in them too, for sure. Um and I, I think that I, I'm going to be a little bit nicer. I do have some sympathy for Ohio State fans. I know, forgive me for saying that. But I have sympathy because I know what it's like to be deluded about how good your college football team is. <laughs> I know because I'm a Michigan fan. <laughs> and I've seen, I've talked myself into a lot of things that were just not true about Michigan football. And that's what Ohio State fans are still doing. Because I think that a lot of them still think that they're like entitled to win this game and entitled to win the Big Ten and go undefeated in the league every year just because they recruit so many five-star receivers and all of that, yada, yada. It's not how it works. And right now, you have the second-best program in the Big Ten, uh, and it's not particularly close. Michigan's way ahead of you as a team on the field and as a program overall. And there's no fancy stats or recruiting rankings that will save you the proof is out there on the field. We're better than the Ohio State Buckeyes. We are at worst the second best team in the nation, and it feels so damn good. Damn straight. Um, yeah, I think I think one of the remarkable things to me, and I swear we will actually get some breaking down this game after this, is that uh, like Ohio State people saw, like they are very good at pointing out the individual flaws of the program. <laughs> uh, Almost everything that went wrong in the game was something that has been brought up by like our Ohio State writers as a problem for Ohio State. Uh, we will get to their remarkable special teams gaffe later. Um, they have uh, not been big fans of Ryan Day and his play calling. Uh, there have been concerns about the talent level on the defense. Um, but there was just like wholesale dismissal that Michigan has reached this point. And um or that, you know, it would matter. And it it, it feels pretty good that uh, they, in fact, have. And on that note, we are going to talk about the offense, starting with J.J. McCarthy, who can, in fact, throw the deep ball. Goes 12 for, 20, 12 for 24 for 263 yards, three passing touchdowns, took only one sack. He also ran five times for 47 yards with one touchdown that he took directly through safety Ronnie Hickman's chest because that guy was flat-footed and just just not ready for the thunder. So, I mean, McCarthy 
obviously the the key to this game was not only that McCarthy could hit those passes over the top and capitalize on the fact that Ohio State was completely disrespecting him, selling out uh, to stop the run, but then uh, what opened up the running game in addition to his deep passes was the fact that he was dangerous keeping the ball, uh, that he could run for about 10 yards a carry. And um, I think it was on Donovan Edwards' second touchdown. Ohio State is in cover zero again. They have more than enough players at the line to stop Donovan Edwards. But two of those defenders, one of them is devoted to J.D. McCarthy, and the other one hesitates for long enough that he basically takes himself out of the play because he's looking at McCarthy. Uh, waiting to see if he has the ball. And that's all it takes. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, just to go back to the whole, like, being right thing. Uh, yeah, it turns out that J.J. McCarthy is better than Cade McNamara, who we love, but um, and has just announced that he is transferring. And uh, we wish him all of the very best because he is also a Michigan legend. That dude beat Ohio State and took Michigan to the playoff. He He will always be celebrated here. Uh, J.J. McCarthy won that job from him fair and square. Um, it was something that I think we could see coming based on last year and the potential that McCarthy showed and obviously what he was supposed to be coming out of high school. And, and this game was really um, the culmination of uh, what we expected this to be, probably you know a lot more this year. Um, but you know we've also seen how Michigan has approached the rest of the season, which was basically get to Ohio state while running the ball as much as possible and showing as little of the playbook as possible. And in this game, we saw what comes of that, which is Ohio state just wasn't ready at all for what Michigan was able to do to them. And that all started with the quarterback. Yeah. I'm calling it right now. Uh, JJ McCarthy will be a better pro than CJ Stroud. Um, which is not that hot of a take these days. Cause we're all done on CJ Stroud's pro stock, but, uh, I'm planning my flag there. I also just want to note that I think it was a couple of weeks ago that I said, uh, if if J.J. McCarthy finds his deep ball against Ohio State and win that game, all will be forgiven and he will be a hero. And uh, I feel pretty good about that take. Seems pretty accurate. In yeah, for sure. Um, I would say like um, friend of the show, Gordon, who I assume is fine with me shouting him out. Um, asked, so. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, what's up? Uh asked in a uh, meet at midfield uh, mailbag that I did uh, if like JJ is like borderline intentionally inaccurate to like hide the deep ball that's a paraphrase but like still Um, I would say he's still not the the most accurate player and I don't think that some of that stuff was intentional Um, but but that said when you give him the space to cook when you like do things that he's equipped to do he definitely has a little bit of swagger and a little bit of confidence that um I was super happy to see from him, especially after kind of a rocky start. Um, so that was really nice to see that, like, you know, emotionally, I guess, is the right way to put it. Like, he didn't let it phase him, is is the way I'm saying it. And and in fact, he got really far more confident than, than I've seen him play in a while. Part of that is the conservative game plan and hiding stuff and all that, whatever. Well, and also, I, w- I would say to add to that... Um this is the first time McCarthy's really gotten a chance to get on a roll because yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, as a quarterback, it is hard to get momentum out of like 15 passes. Uh, totally. If you miss one, um, you might not get another chance to, to make that throw again. And McCarthy 
I mean, no one's going to remember, uh, at least not for long, uh, the misconnection that he had with Andrew Anthony that looked like so many other right. deep balls this year where they just weren't on the same page because mm-hmm. he had more shots. And, uh, you know, th- those did hit. And um, I-, I think and-, and I think Jim Harbaugh uh, said this today. Uh, McCarthy should get a lot of credit for just being OK with going through this whole season, just handing the ball off and and waiting and sacrificing what certainly could have been a better individual season um and it was definitely something that he could have complained about because i mean we were complaining about it and uh and you could understand why a guy who knows he's this five-star talent at quarterback would not be super happy to be playing in this offense and instead, McCarthy seems to embrace it. And in this game, he decided that the way he was going to show that was not just to have the best passing game of his career so far, but also have two like two runs, at least two, where he really like went for trucking guys. <laughs> and yeah, that was uh, wild. And and ran through tackles. And uh, what it it didn't just benefit the offense. It really, I mean, that's just the guy you want to be your quarterback. And that was it was really really fun just to watch McCarthy get to have that performance after having to just kind of play within a little box for for so in the shoe like in in one of the most hostile environments specifically for him in college football so like all credit to him that like you know obviously there's room for improvement obviously there are still things that um, I think we'd all like to see get a little bit better from him but still like the confidence in itself and like kind of the ability to like let him cook a little bit really really like shows what he's capable of and this is the first time we've like really seen that i think yeah i mean in terms of you know obviously michigan lacks uh wins in the horseshoe of late but in terms of best michigan quarterback performances at ohio state i mean the last quarterback to win there was uh uh drew henson and um (laughs) but that's just that's so depressing that's like such ancient history and uh and really before that most of the notable performances there were michigan running all over them um a la last year uh and so you pretty quickly get back to the man who is currently coaching michigan and uh um it's 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 pretty wild to see like a generational performance um and considering Michigan is literally not one in, <laughs> at the shoe in a generation, uh, that that is that is not an exaggeration. And it it was uh, I feel like you know Chris Farley doing the the interviews uh, of celebrities, but um, it was pretty cool. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, I I think that also like it was it was a quintessentially JJ performance. You know, it was not. Um, <clears throat> It wasn't perfect. <laughs> it wasn't perfect. He he still look. He still misses throws high. He still misses throws. Uh, I mean, honestly, mostly high. And he he needs to get better at that. I don't. Quite frankly, I mean, you know, we'll have this conversation in the offseason. It's it's not material to Michigan right now. Like Michigan clearly can win at the highest levels with him playing the way that he is. Um, he he. I don't know if he'll ever be the most accurate quarterback. Quite frankly, because. He wasn't an accurate quarterback in high school. He wasn't, you know, I mean, his his completion percentage is very good, but uh, that was, you know, in large part due to getting to throw a lot of screens um, and a lot of easy passes in, in the, uh, you know, he's he's been at around 50% basically since the, uh, he the Michigan State game. He pretty hard in non-conference. <laughs> yep. And he's, he's just, 
he misses throws high. Like, and I think he'll probably always miss throws high. And a lot of times, you know, quarterbacks don't ever like if he if he stops doing that, he'll be a day one draft pick and you know a Heisman contender next year. But sometimes quarterbacks really don't like ever get all that much better, quite frankly. Um, but even as he is, like he is a great leader for this team. He's just like constantly smiling and like has a great attitude and doesn't like just it, it forgets, you know, uh, what he forgets the mistakes that he makes. Um, and he was tough in this game. He made plays like that first play uh, that, that that first pass that he connected on um, to Ronnie Bell, which honestly is probably a touchdown if he throws a better ball. But like he rolls out to his left, he finds Bell and he just he just puts it on him like. That and he, play and he's was throwing against him. the momentum of his body there. He's running to his like right, people have right. complained about that ball being short. It's like, dude, dude, like I want somebody to go out into their backyard and sprint as hard as they can in the opposite direction of their strong arm and then try to throw a football. Just yeah, just no, do it. It's just, just try hard. to do it. You will fall over. You will fall the fuck on your face. So like I, I, I thought that was a perfectly no, 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 fine I... throw by JJ McCarthy under the circumstances. Right. No, it was it was fine. And I think what the reason I'm just bringing it up is that I think like that's the quintessential like JJ play is just putting the offense on his back in key positions when he when we needed him to um, just slamming throwing his body into uh, an Ohio State safety at the one yard line to score a touchdown when we needed it um, you know to go up I think to go up eleven or whatever it was at the time um, just you know an awesome play. Uh, and, and and the type of play that you'd never see CJ Stroud in a million years try to make. No. Um, and I just like, yeah, he's not perfect. Um, he's right now, like he's, he's not like an elite quarterback in the country, but he's, he's a great quarterback for this team, his legs and his willingness to run the football and his willingness to hand it off. And like, you know, just, just play within the offense and just, you know, like he said, like be a happy warrior, um, which I know sounds corny, but I truly do believe like his personality and his the way he is. And there's just so few five star quarterbacks that would be willing to do this. And he is just um, I, lo- I, 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 you know, I, I love him. He, he seems like just such such a good guy. And I'm, I'm so happy that, you know, he was able to get this win. Um, and I. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited for, you know, for, for one and I don't know if, if he doesn't improve his accuracy, maybe two more years of him as the starting quarterback. Um, um and, and I, I, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I just, I'm, I, I was, this, this was a legendary Michigan quarterback performance. I, uh, I think it's funny. People were like saying happy warrior is corny. Yeah. What compared to like everything else that football players and coaches say, are you, are you kidding me? Um, but which which throw were you saying you didn't like, Dan? I I missed that part. I feel like I oh no, I was I was not like I I didn't say I didn't like it. Like I was just kind of making the point that like pretty much all of the deep balls that he hit, he he clearly got the memo of like I'm going to slow my guys up rather than try to you know hit him perfectly in stride. Yeah, I mean um, I thought they were all pretty sick, and I think that his the first touchdown to Cornelius Johnson, which was at. I think if we're being honest, I I think we were all feeling the legendary B pone of Michigan fans at that moment in the game. Because it looked like Ohio State would go up two touchdowns any second. Uh, I tweeted and... one play in all caps right before that. I, I I I I'm again feeling myself. Thank you for the reminder. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, fair enough. But that's you should. But the rest of us, I mean, so someone anyway, accused like me of tweeting play... that during the play, and I just want to say uh, to that person, "Fuck off." Uh, I tweeted that beforehand. <laughs> 
Ace, I believe you, man. I, you. We, we, can, we can do the timestamps. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that that's like the the sickest throw I've seen all year in college football because, I mean, he's in the process of being tackled and he slings it and it's pretty damn accurate. And Not only uh, that, it leads him away from the defense back. Yeah, I mean, it puts Cornelius Johnson in a position where he's able to make a play after the catch, obviously. And like, that's, I mean, you can't build an offense out of that. And of course, quarterbacks need to be consistent. That's huge. But like the ability to do that is the thing you can't teach in quarterbacks. And it's the thing that CJ Stroud never does. It's the thing that guys like Caleb Williams, who is a million times better than CJ Stroud, do, you know, that's that's what makes them who they are. And so that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, yeah, I mean, sure. Do I think JJ could get more accurate on some routine stuff? Absolutely. And this was a big step forward. But like Dan said, it's mostly just that he loves Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh loves him. And he's the perfect guy for this team as a leader. And he's also pretty good at quarterback. I, I mean, I think we could say that at this point. Some of those throws. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge, I'm a huge AJ McCarthy guy. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to Roddy Bax, which was uh, thinner than we hoped in terms of the available depth. Uh, since, um, the guy they ended up giving 22 carries had a cast on his uh, his strong hand. Um, or wait, is Edwards a lefty? I can't remember. Um, either way, a cast on your hand. Ed- bad, bad. Edwards is Edwards is a right-handed. Yeah, which, yeah. Which, I'm trying, which I'm trying to throw that touchdown pass with him. Yeah, I was, I was trying to about that in, in my head. That was definitely a right-handed. That was right-handed. Throw, yeah, they rolled yeah, him out the right. Okay, yeah. Right. So his, yeah. His, his, good, his best hand uh, was indeed broken. Um, and had a cast on it, a uh, uh, one large enough that he just never put a second hand on the football while he was carrying it, which isn't just bad for ball security. That's just awkward to run with in a lot of ways. It, it's not natural to cut in certain direction. Uh, like, it's weird to only carry the ball in your offhand uh, that I assume was probably feeling kind of strange for Donovan Edwards. Uh, so all he did was run for 220 yards and two uh, backbreakingly long touchdowns on 22 carries. Um, because as as we mentioned earlier, uh, Ohio State completely sold out to stop the run, started getting beat over the top, and then as soon as they stopped selling out to stop the run, Michigan just ripped them to pieces. So uh, that was great. That that was deeply enjoyable. You had the two long touchdown runs. You also had pretty good down to down success with Edwards once Ohio State backed off. The first half they did not back off. The first half was bad, um, but Michigan was able to obviously do uh, enough, especially in that that third quarter, um, to get Ohio State safeties back um, to get their linebackers looking at JJ McCarthy, and uh, I mean, and like we said before McCarthy ran the ball quite well too. So um, this was a a vintage Michigan running performance in the second half. And even though the numbers look bad in the first half, uh, the reason for that was very apparent and it was set up all year because of Michigan being very, very good at running the football, even without Blake Corn. Yeah, it should be noted that uh, the two backbreaking runs actually were against stacked boxes. The second Uh, one, the first one, the first one, they were a little bit off. Yeah, they, well, they, they were so, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, Oh, yeah, minutia, minutia. Um, we're, we're getting. Well, we're I think what's interesting about it, Dan, is they like, at least had one deep safety on the first one. Because <laughs> yeah. it's not, it's not just about like how many guys are in the box per se. It's about the fact that Ohio State was just flinging their linebackers basically out of a catapult at the line of scrimmage, and so the second, I mean, the second of a decent gap opens up a line of scrimmage, you don't have anyone backing the line, aka a linebacker, and it's just good night, right? Like that was one thing that I thought 
Knowles made Knowles look really dumb where it's like heavy boxes are one thing, but like just throwing everybody the line of scrimmage. Yeah. That's what happens. Man, it's it's <laughs> wild how it turns out Ohio State's linebackers actually did not become a lead overnight. No, they didn't. And and that, and you know, they weren't even the problem so much a scheme in my no. mind. Like, <laughs> it, it it was it was a virtuoso performance by Donovan Edwards. Um and it it kind of didn't like get as much credit, I feel like, as it even deserved because it all came I don't know, it, it all sort of like JJ it felt like JJ did the hard part, you know, and Donovan was sort of uh adding on at the end um you know when it was like that's when he did most of his damage when it was time to salt the game away um but it it, it really was like a heroic performance on you know with, with one arm and uh i thought that um i don't know yeah I, I i thought that he i thought he played great um he he looked uh he he really is just so fast <laughs> that's that's the other thing i wanted to say like i don't he, i i felt like when i first you know the first time i ever saw him play at Michigan like I I didn't quite get the hype um and he's really really come into his own uh this year and just been been so explosive like angles just aren't uh aren't a thing with him you know like Ohio State is a very fast secondary um even if it's not very good and they could not you know they could not track him down in the open field on those two long runs um so yeah I think uh I think worth mentioning that CJ Stokes uh struggled a bit on like the two carries that he got I felt like he was a little bit, you know, amped up and and did not quite see in the holes the right way. Yeah. Um, he, he might said, have been able to settle in, but the Michigan obviously went with the. Uh, they made the right decision with the guy. What they went with. Yep. Yeah, I think I think that's fair to say. Um, and it was. I don't know. I think I think he'll have he'll have a good career, but he's definitely been. You know, he's had his freshman moments for sure. Um, it's. Uh, I think I think it'll be interesting to see what Michigan does at running back in the offseason. Um, I. Uh, I think there's some very interesting possibilities for a transfer portal pickup now that uh, certain coaches are no longer at certain Big Ten West programs. But we'll talk about that potentially in the offseason. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. The, the Wisconsin Wadgers, perhaps. Aylin um, <laughs> uh, Brallen. Is that? <laughs> it's tough. It's tough when it's not a consonant. <laughs> yeah. yeah that is the Twitterism gets, it gets tricky there. Um, yeah. No, I mean, an amazing performance by Edwards, um, a uh, legendary cameo by Mullings, <laughs> and uh, a fun that, day. By the way, that, I, I do want to just touch on that play one more time. Like hilarious play call um, to do that with a, a line, what is effectively a linebacker. Um, also, like Khalil Mullings just looked like he was confused by what had happened after the play. Like he didn't look excited. He was just kind of like walked up the. Well, he might not have been able to see the catch. (laughs) Yeah, right. But like, even after the play, it was just like he just walked off the field with kind of like a blank look on his face. I'm like, that's awesome, dude. Like, just just making (laughs) such a such a great play and just being like, okay, cool, time to go back to the sidelines for me. (laughs) All right, just just completely devastated a hundred thousand people. Gonna gonna casually walk off the field now. uh, Ace quote tweeted someone saying that he had a higher expected points per attempt in the passing game than CJ Stroud. Yes, so. that was that was courtesy of Jamie Mack, and uh, God bless him for tweeting that. <laughs> that uh, it it does great. It does. The, and again, the one thing, the only only downside about this game is it is just like imagining Corum hitting that pass, and you know, I mean, look, Luke Shoemaker was wide open. I just feel like. Uh, Quorum hits that like pass and it's perfect and it goes for a long touchdown and that's like just that would be just such an incredible Heisman moment you know um 
And that's like along with the probably, you know, the two long runs that he would have. Um, I know this is like a lot of like really, you know, it, it is sad to a certain extent that Coram can play in this game because thinking about that moment in Ohio Stadium and, you know, like him then going to New York, uh, you know, I guess it would be like what this week does. I don't know. I don't know when the Heisman ceremony is like that's that's something that I do very much wish we could have gotten, you know, and I think it's something that Blake Coram deserved. He, he really put his body on the line for this team. Yeah, hopefully he gets an invite. Maybe. I mean, I doubt Michigan will ask him to do much in the Big Ten championship game, but uh, that that would provide an opportunity to maybe pick up some late votes. Uh, but I I would be surprised if that is the focus on on Saturday. Um, all right, receivers and tight ends. Uh, I think we all owe Cordelius Johnson a massive apology. Yes, <laughs> me included. Um, we have called him a roller coaster. We have called him other things. He's not been particularly consistent this year. But by God, uh, I mean he will forever be uh, the guy who scored two touchdowns to beat Ohio State. Um, and the first one, he ripped through a tackle and did almost all of his work after the catch. On the second one, uh, he put a safety into orbit uh, with the double move. Um, just a hell of a game from him. Also, some excellent blocking efforts on the outside. Uh, I mean. Even the receiver who did not have a big impact in this game, Roman Wilson, um, would have had a touchdown on the the first uh, Cornelius Johnson touchdown if Ohio State's pressure wasn't entirely focused in Mac in McCarthy's face because uh, uh, Roman Wilson put uh, the guy and man on him uh, on the turf, uh, just on his ass, uh, and he he had nobody. He he would not have had to break a tackle to score a touchdown. But uh, the pressure was forcing McCarthy to throw that ball to the outside. Um, so, yeah, you had you had Ronnie Bell making a scramble drill work for a critical first down pickup, uh, getting a couple other big catches in there. Uh, obviously, Colston Loveland comes in and uh, has a massive touchdown catch, uh, which I'm sure Connor will be uh, discussing in detail as we get into it. Um, this was just, uh, yeah, uh, I mean... I will read off Cornelius Johnson's stat line, which is five targets, four catches, 160 yards, 97 yards after the catch, two touchdowns, a long of 75. Um, that's of what those... we'll remember for a while. <laughs> yeah, I think what's notable about those two to me is like both of those touchdowns on film look like someone's high school tape because the first one, it's just like, you know, Get the guy him. makes a horrible attempt at tackling, you know, the star receiver, and then he just runs to the end zone. <laughs> breaks an angle tackle the second one i mean that poor kid i guess cam martinez that's just one of the most embarrassing things i've seen this year in college football he just got you know sent to another dimension as he's a said by that burn this tape yeah so i mean that was pretty funny and then yeah colston loveland like also the recipient of a d of a beautiful deep shot from jj mccarthy for a touchdown um not going to belabor the point too much but i think by the time he's done at michigan he'll be a guy whose name we remember Oh, absolutely. And I'm thinking like next year because apparently Eric All is coming back. Um, like the two tight end looks are just gonna be like beautiful. They're gonna be like chef's kiss, like so good. Um, because like you've got so much you can do with two really strong receiving tight ends. And I think all is more than fine, you know, 
even you know being a blocker loveland i think has has a ways to go on that but like it's not like he was bad so it's really exciting to kind of see what the future looks like next year um assuming all returns which from my understanding he's going to so that rocks a lot yeah colston colston loveland uh i want to say is um the he is the best tight end prospect that michigan's had under harbaugh uh and it's uh, the only, the only thing I would say is maybe, um, Jake Butt was very know, good, but his, uh, like Loveland has legit NFL starter. Uh, you know what? I think but, Jake but, Butt was a little bit on the, on the, the upside I think is there with Loveland. I, I was going to say quite frankly, that Zach Gentry had maybe a higher ceiling, um, that he never I think really when you're six, eight, you're a little too, <laughs> like, yeah. I've got to be honest. Yeah, like, he, like, I'm not even joking. I think it like go and try to find like successful six, eight NFL tight ends. They're very difficult to find because it's just. You don't have leverage. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And he he could have gone Mike Kosicki mode, but like that's not something Harbaugh would have like actually allowed to happen. Is having yeah, to be honest, tight I, end I, I think the correct answer is Devin Asiasi. But uh, wow, yeah, that's that's I'm a sorry. we're really going deep cut deep cut on. Yeah, on I did Michigan not expect that name here. to cut up, but come I, up I, in, this, I think in this particular podcast. Regardless, like I think he's got a higher ceiling than Jake Bott. Like he's just he's faster, he's bigger. Um, he, he moves like a wide receiver. Like he's going to be one of those tight ends that, you know, like you, you talk about as like a major actual threat, not just like a good piece of an offense. Um, he's really, really good. And yeah, I can't wait to see him and all next year. Um, as far as the receivers go. Yeah. I mean, Cornelius Johnson, absolutely redeemed. Like that was, that was a masterclass performance. He just played the best game of his life. Um, I basically said on my preview podcast of with, uh, Ryan that, um, it would just have to be like if, if Michigan's going to be successful in the passing game, the receivers are just going to like have to have their best game of the year out of nowhere. And they totally did, um, which was specifically Cornelius Johnson. But, you know, uh, I guess, you know, Ronnie Bell also also chipped in. But like just hilarious for them to do that, quite frankly, <laughs> is, is uh, to, I, uh, I to just like just go absolutely. I appreciate oh, you reminding me on Twitter that uh, I was pretty emphatic in saying that somebody was going to be able to do that for Michigan a wide receiver in a, in a reply. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. And to be clear, like, it's not that shocking because we know these guys are pretty good, like not as good as Ohio State's group of receivers, but like, you know, they had this in them, especially against a God awful secondary. So it's not nearly as shocking as some Ohio State partisans think it is. Yeah. Like, I, you know, they have not had the best season this year, but as we keep saying, the chances have been limited and these are the same guys that were out there last year. <laughs> like, it, like you said, it, it should not be this shocking that these guys were able to do it. Um, because I, I mean, basically the way I talked myself into believing that Michigan would win was looking at last year's team versus this year's team, um, for both sides. And, um, yeah, I mean, Michigan upgraded at quarterback. They upgraded at running back. They upgraded along the offensive line, I would say. And and they were good at, at, at those spots last year. And these wide receivers and tight ends are, you know, other than Eric Hall being injured, um, this, this is the same group. <laughs> these are the same dudes. And then you add guys like Colston Loveland, a really talented freshman who passed a lot of people on the depth chart. Um, and now we're going to talk about the offensive line, where uh, one of the big upgrades that Michigan made this year was getting Olu Oluwatimi at center and holy fucking shit that that guy is so good that is one of the best college offensive linemen I've watched uh I, I mean it's just been, it's just been a pleasure to watch him play and and 
both of those long Donovan Edwards touchdown runs were going behind Oluwatimi and Zinter, and it was it was beautiful. Um, they, it, I mean, the whole offensive line had a phenomenal day. Um, they they kept Ohio State's defensive line pretty much silent. Um, and uh, I mean. Yeah, when Michigan wasn't running the ball here, it was because the the box was loaded and they couldn't. Um, and they, you know, Ohio State had a free hitter. Uh, once they stopped doing that, they matched Ohio State pretty good. Um, and then at the end of the game, they matched Ohio State anyway when the when the box was loaded. Um, and they kept JJ completely clean all game. Not even, I mean, you know, this was this was a masterclass performance. Um, and they saw a lot of exotic blitzes, uh, and they picked pretty much all of them up. Um, so it's yeah. just. Uh, is it, you can't say enough about this group. Like these are yeah. the this the the last two offensive lines from Michigan. Like this is these are legends. Like these guys are program legends. It's it does not get better than this. Yeah, this was their best pass pro performance. I think, like Dan said, because Ohio State is they don't have a Chase Young, but they're pretty good. They've been pretty good this year pressuring quarterbacks. And as Dan said earlier, they locked up JTT, who I won't talk shit about. I think he is pretty good, but I mean, still, we saw the results. I also just want to say, like. As Ace already alluded to, I think Olu's a guy who should get the, you know, the rare look in the first round for a center, much like Cesar Ruiz. Um, he's that level of guy. I mean, just a stunning year that he's had. And I hope we get some of the other, and he will not come back, obviously, but I hope we get at least one of the other interior offensive linemen back. At this point, the main thing to say about the offensive line is like, I just hope as many come back as possible, which is, you know, one of the highest compliments you can play to a position group. I also just want to say, um, I think Taylor's going to address this a bit as well, but like some people were saying like, oh, I said it was winning the trenches. Yes, they were in the first quarter that in, in a sense in that they were throwing nine guys. Yeah, at, okay, at that, guys. thank you. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so there's a sense in which they were winning, right? But like, yeah, it's called then they were by the end of the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. The end of the game, it was just like the game last year where they were just getting flattened and they had no spirit or energy left and they were just getting steamrolled. And like, that's, we all saw it. And, you know, that part was reminiscent of last year. So. Right. And I, and I think that our forlorn uh, friends at high street, Fre- high street freaks were um, a little bit um, overzealous in saying that Ohio state was winning the trenches on both sides of the ball. I think With defensively we can have ten line in 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, and I, I sure hope not. <laughs> <laughs> or sorry. I think they just meant defensive tackles, but also, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Boy, that, that's a take. Wow. It's certainly a take. Um, it's an it it is an opinion, and everyone. I'm not sure them. they still hold it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, it was Barnhart on Tuiomala, right? Because like that rocks. I mean, for a lot. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> that rocks. He he was yes. Um, <laughs> he was playing tackle, and, and yeah, uh, um. Yeah, I, I will take my congratulations. The, the tackles now. played a tremendous yes, you, game. Barnhart. Taylor, you called it. Taylor was I did. right all along. Do you remember in the beginning of the season when I was like, Carson Barnhart's really good? We we, I, we had to put off Barnhart watch because of his injury and in we did. That was that was really devastating, but uh, re- really redeemed it uh, at the end here. Yeah, and um, yeah, but I, yeah, I, an amazing they, performance from the offensive line. Where anytime they weren't, you know minus three in the box <laughs> they were they were winning their reps and uh i mean we've talked about the impressiveness of their pass protection and i think it's even more impressive when you account for i mean dan you said you know jim Knowles was throwing a lot at him he was also throwing a lot at him with so many guys playing so close to them and to be able to like i don't remember a blown pickup and 
to be facing eight and nine man boxes constantly with guys dropping out and and to be able to make all of those pickups. That's part of the reason why I am so impressed with Oluwatimi is that not only does he do everything right after the snap, Michigan was seemingly perfect before the snap too. And that in this game, I mean, yes, this was, uh, I would say not Jim Knowles's best uh, play called game in his life, but um, he's a good coordinator and Michigan put him in hell. Yeah. I, I think this was looks pretty bad for the whole, the whole Knowles hype train. I will just note it's extremely funny to me that you could get rid of the notorious Kerry Coombs and somehow your defensive backs look even more uncoached and even worse. What is that about? Extremely funny content. Great bit by Ohio State. Well, they forgot to continue recruiting first round cornerbacks, which was a specialty of Kerry Coombs. So um, <laughs> that, uh, that, as it turns out, is very important to running the, the defenses they want to run. So, yeah, we found out that this uh, – this offense has been holding back uh, a lot that a uh, five-star quarterback is in fact good and uh, that um, improving on uh, the Joe Moore winning offensive line does in fact give you an advantage in the game. Um, any other big offensive lessons before we do a quick ad read and come back with the defense? It was cool to see that Michigan is capable of like having an explosive but not efficient offense. Um, and that's something that I think like I really think like Jim Harbaugh never got into the type of game state and uh, offensive flow that he prefers to operate from in this game. Um, Anyone anyway. And it's good to see Michigan be flexible in the type of game that they can win, because I think that was still a question for me Um, is like, can Michigan win? You know, they ended up winning comfortably, but it wasn't comfortable most of the way. And they did it by, I mean, they only had one sustained drive, you know, not, not as a negative because like explosives count too. And that has to be part of the game plan when a, when a team is playing like Ohio State was. But we saw them go, you know, against Illinois. Uh, we saw them, uh, you know, we saw them not do this, right? Like they had opportunities and they didn't. Um, and so it was, you know, I think in a way that Illinois game, like I don't know if they, I don't know if they have the same success if they don't go through the lessons of the Illinois game first. And, you know, so it was, uh, yeah, it was it was it, that, that was my last real take. Yeah. And if I could just very briefly, because we could probably do like a marathon 24 hours of this podcast, um, even in a rematch scenario, which I know is kind of floating around that Ohio State could potentially um, could potentially do like get in the playoff, whatever. I don't want to have that conversation right now. Um, I actually do think I like that if it happens, because if you can re-add in like a month and a month and some change. Um, a healthy quorum, Edwards with two hands, um, and like you're adding that run game back. So I don't think it's a great matchup for them again because now they have to account for a lot more, um, a more versatile offense. And I think they, that they that's don't want really exciting. Their, they their don't. fans don't want this. Oh, I know they don't. In uh, part because I know they want day gone, but in part also because like I don't think they could win. Yeah, bring it. Can't argue with that. Uh, I would love to see a rematch. Um, I mean. They don't deserve it, but if it happens, uh, uh, what's the line? If they die, they die. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, home field apparel. Uh, our promo code is beat of midfield again. Uh, you missed Black Friday. I'm sorry. Um, and also, by the time this comes out, uh, we're going to be in the very waning moments of Cyber Monday. Um, 
But use promo code MEET at midfield to get 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com. And you can use that to get a University of Michigan football champions of the West t-shirt that they dropped special for us because Michigan won. And God, it's a gorgeous shirt. Uh, it is It is very 90s. It's uh, it, It's got the winged helmet. Uh it's it, it's a beautiful shirt. Um, I love the lettering on it. It's it's in stock for now, and I presume that um, with the holidays coming up, you're going to want to take that for now part uh, pretty seriously. Download the PointsBet app and use the promo code BucketProp to get 100% of your deposit matched up to $1,000 in the form of free bets. To get that bonus, though, you must use the promo code BucketProp. That is Bucket P R O B, all one word. Please gamble responsibly, set limits, avoid chasing losses, never bet when you can't afford to lose, take breaks when you need it, and use the self-exclusion feature to stop yourself from betting. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, let's talk about this defense, which held Ohio State to a measly 23 points. Um, They had uh, been held below 43 points this season only two other times. In the opening game against Notre Dame, uh, just kind of ugly 21-10 victory. That was never really a too serious question against what turns out to be a bad Notre Dame team. Um, and the other game was the 50-mile-an-hour uh, win game against Northwestern, which was a 21-7 to uh, still comfortable win for them. Um, this game, not so comfortable. This game, they were trying to score a lot. This game had a lot of possessions, and uh, uh, they could not do it. Um, we'll start with the offensive line. Uh, they did not, or start with the defensive line. They did not produce a ton of pressure, but we did have uh, Mazzy Smith and Chris Jenkins uh, come through for uh, big game altering pass rush plays. Jenkins uh, in particular, drawing a, a massive holding flag to negate uh, a big play. Um, and I thought they played very well against the run. Ohio state's success. in The running game was mostly predicated on Michigan being a little bit bent, but break against the pass, which, uh, as it turns out, was a very sound strategy. And they did pretty much all this without the guy who's been definitely their best defensive end and arguably the best defensive lineman on the team this year, Mike Morris, who uh, we knew was injured coming into this game. He started the game, but uh, he was out pretty early, um, much like Blake Corum. And Brady McGregor, uh, among others, really stepped up and played very well uh, to make up for that. McGregor... um, had a couple of pass breakups, dropping into short zones. Uh, nearly, if they were better thrown balls, they would have been pick sixes probably. Um, and I mean, the way Michigan held up uh, in short yardage uh, when Ohio State even dared to try running at them in short yardage, and um, just in general on defense um, and not allowing. I mean, I know CJ Stroud is not a very willing runner, but he had of late shown a willingness to take off to pick up critical first downs when he absolutely had to, and. Uh, it didn't seem like there were lanes to do that. So, uh, I mean, a good game from the defensive line, albeit one where uh, their impact was a little bit mitigated by the approaches of both teams. Yeah, this was a masterclass in defensive line, like solid defensive line play where you're not getting a lot of impact plays, which is kind of rare in college football because usually good defensive line means like guys are screaming into the backfield immediately. And we didn't do that. We just, you know, had gap discipline. Guys won their assignments, didn't get moved. And I thought they did a phenomenal job of that. Um, the one thing that I'm mad about, we were robbed of what should have been a scoop and score mm-hmm. to take us over 50 points when uh, Ayabi o- o- Oki um, 
you know, very obviously strip sacks CJ Stroud, and it was clear as day that that was a fumble, and it would the probably forward momentum. His momentum was stopped or whatever. Was such a like, oh, we fucked that up, and we now have That's, to justify is, not yeah, being yeah. able to review this. So, so I was uh, full <laughs> disclosure. I was absolutely blasted by the time uh, this play was happening. Dan had a um, so was CJ Stroud, but um, <laughs> yeah, but like I was, uh, it was wild to see like that on replay. I'm like, he clearly. Fu- his forward momentum was stopped. What are you? It's a sack. What are you talking about? Yeah, that's that was insane. That's that's I've never ever. If if that had, if that had cost Michigan in any meaningful way, I would. You would never hear that. There would have been a riot. Like, uh. That's an, that is an insane call. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, that was similar to the one last year. Momentum was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it's. I, no. You know what? No. I'm. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll be fair here. The one against Michigan State was like. I you could you make you could make the argument, and I honestly would probably even agree with you that his his shin was down. Now that we're more than a year removed from it, it doesn't hurt as bad. Um, I, I think his shin probably was down on that play. That one's like it, it's just that is just such a bananas call, and it was so clearly a cover your ass because they couldn't call it since there wasn't an immediately immediate like recovery or whatever. Even though clearly Michigan would have recovered and probably scored a touchdown. They couldn't go. They, that's one they absolutely should have just like let play out on the field and then reviewed. You know, it was it, whatever. It's it, that was the like a very just like spiritually annoying moment for me. It should have that, that should have been a, a scoop and score. Well, I think that the one nice thing about it, Dan, I agree with you. The one nice thing, um, as much as I wanted the points, is that we can now tauntingly say that this game wasn't even as close as the final score mm-hmm. because we would have had a scoop and score. <laughs> it could have been worse, um, which is satisfying. And I do want to shout out one guy here, Chris Jenkins, because um, you know how hard it is to draw a holding call on the road at the shoe as a defensive tackle. <laughs> like you have to get like lassoed and dragged to the ground, and he did it, and it was a huge. That was like one of the highest impact plays the defense had all game. So uh, you know, massive ups to you for Chris Jenkins. All right, let us move on to the linebackers, a unit that has also come in for uh, plenty of criticism and came out of this game looking pretty damn good. Um, Michael Barrett uh, uh, killed a guy. Um, He's dead, and that's tragic, but uh, he hit him real hard. Uh, Mike Morris made a a face, and... uh, and then there was a funeral, presumably. But um, no, uh, Barrett, Barrett had a really great, great stick uh, uh, to just end the play uh, behind the line or right around it. Um, Junior Colson had a really gorgeous uh, stop on the sideline where he comboed for a tackle with Mike Sanders still, who we will discuss a lot more later. Uh, I will say very, very briefly, I thought Junior Colson was one of the few Michigan players that I thought had a rough day. Um, I, Fair I enough. I've been he... watching this game with so like I haven't watched in the like detail of like I need to criticize <laughs> it, these guys. It, yet. it was this. I I'm not. I don't mean. I mean like look. Michigan's now twelve and zero with him. You know he's he makes plays and then he and then he misses some plays. I I thought that he got got more than a couple times. Um and but I mean like we're talking that's the one player truly that I feel like consistently got beat. On and I Saturday. think those linebackers were asked to do a lot in terms of Michigan. Oh, playing. absolutely. Like those guys had, they to played a light a box. Lot they, of space. They, yeah. They played, they played minus one in the box, like, or even at best in the box pretty much all day Yeah, against, you know, what basically I mean, honestly, the opposite I'm, strategy of Ohio state notably. Right. I, right. I, I think, and I want to talk about that a little bit uh, when we just get to like the overall, cause I think it's interesting about the meta of like defensive strategy at high levels of football nowadays. Um, but I, 
yeah, it was, it was, they were, they were being asked to do a lot because when you're, you know, you either covering more gaps. Um, I'm kind of surprised Ohio state didn't run the ball as much. Like it was working pretty well. Um, but you know, Ryan day needs to be a big genius boy. Um, so and I, anyway, and I yeah, think it's, it's, I think Michigan crafted their game plan knowing Ryan day's tendency to be, uh, that big genius boy. Um, who loves to, <laughs> yeah. loves to I mean, I, I, I haven't watched closely enough to know, have an opinion about Colson. I didn't notice anything egregious from him um, other than the face mask, which was, I think, pretty inadvertent. But I thought Barrett well, had a really excellent sure game. Face mask. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was barely. But like uh, Barrett had a really great game. I'm really hoping he comes back for a final COVID year because I don't think he's probably going to get drafted. Um, and I don't think you can really call this a weakness. I mean, if it's the relative weakness of the defense, I think the one thing you can say is like, it's way less of a weakness than like, you know, Ohio state secondary, for instance. Um, so I, I think these guys deserve credit for not being like an elite group, but for really playing, I mean, playing tough throughout the year, very shorthanded. They've had one of their, you know, would have been starters has been out all year. They've had to give serious snaps to true freshman, Jimmy Rolder. Um, I think Barrett and Colson, like, even if they're not perfect, deserve a lot of credit for like hanging in there and, making themselves not a weakness, you know, in spite of a lot of adversity. So, yeah, I would agree that they're not, uh, not a strength, but not a weakness. So they're just like there. Um, I do think that they've um, improved. Uh, Bullying works. Um, (laughs) But I do agree with you on Barrett, that Barrett is to me, I would say linebacker one, Uh, the strides he's shown uh, through the course of the season are like pretty noticeable. Um, so I, I do agree. I am hoping that he comes back. Um, he is also the subject of the quote uh, where Jim Harbaugh called him a dog disciplined athlete with grit. So uh, we should I just still get upset just, every time I hear that. I I'm do sorry. too. I don't, I just feel like I needed to, to air that one out, but yeah, I think Barrett <sighs> has an opportunity to like increase his draft stock. If he stays um, do, do whatever he needs to do for, for, for himself. Um, but I think there's, a lot of benefit in him staying because uh, he's really shown a lot of improvement and a lot of flashes of really good stuff. So I'm, I'm hopeful for that. Yeah. No, the linebackers, uh, I mean, one thing we have to mention in the, like, I know we divide this up into three sections, like line linebackers and secondary, like they're all even, but you know, the line has five guys on it. The linebackers have two and the secondary has five. <laughs> Basically, Um, I know that adds up to 12, uh, but, you know, it depends on how Michigan decides to line up. And, um, yeah, I you know, I think it's good when your weakness is the one with the fewest players on it. (laughs) Um, Now, Ohio State has taken that to extremes in some years, but I think Michigan has also shown that um, they're athletic enough and competent enough uh, at, at linebacker that this is not a glaring weakness. And they're also not putting these guys in positions where they can't succeed. They asked him to do a lot in this game, but was it wasn't anything that they can't do. And, and you're seeing, again, like the meta has become uh, linebackers are the running backs of the defense. It's mm-hmm. they are the the least. It's it's great to have. Like, it's something that takes your offense. I mean, honestly, similar to Blake Corum, right? Like, it's, it's great to have an elite running back, uh, and it can take your offense into the stratosphere. It's great to have an elite linebacker. You know, if you've got Mika Parsons, like, you can really take your your defense into just a whole other level, but you'd rather have an elite player at pretty much any other position before you have an elite linebacker. Yeah, 
Georgia does not seem to be missing Nicobe Dean too much, even though that dude was absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. All right. In the secondary. Wow. Uh, I, I mean, performance of the century. I just want to like, I, 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 this, we can't, I cannot, I'm sorry that I'm taking this over from you, Ace, but like, no, just go for it. <laughs> cannot look last year, these guys got, got, but they made enough plays that, you know, Michigan was able to win the game. And, and this year they, they held their own, if not beat more often than not the best passing offense in the country. And like the, the plays that these guys did make was, were like dimes to, you know, like every single completion. I mean, you almost have to give CJ Stroud credit if I, if I, if, you know, if I was I mean, inclined to do so, to. but I'm not, yeah. <laughs> but like every single completion was an absolute dime. They contested everything. Mike Sainer still it, just ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, Mike Sainer still was in, in back pockets all day. Um, just, and, that that play to Blake, I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not you know treading any new ground here by pointing out this play, but like that play to break up that throw to uh, one of the Kate best Stover, best plays I've ever seen. just I mean <laughs> oh just I, I saw that play and I'm like I'm immediately like as that ball is it, I see like the trajectory of the ball and I see that it's not going to be overthrown. I saw how much ground there was to make up and immediately like I was doing the math on like. Okay, they're going to be down by four. Ohio State's going to go for two. If they get two here, they're going to be down by three. There's seven minutes left. Like, I'm still feeling pretty good about this. If we can go on another long drive. And then, like, as I'm doing that that internal calculus in my head, like, he just comes out of nowhere to to take that ball out of his hands the last second. I mean, just like the – I, 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 this was the game of the century, and that was the play of the century. It, I mean, it, I, I cannot say enough about how incredible that play was for Mike Sanders. Still, he has another year of eligibility, and I truly, I, I, I think he's the type of guy that's going to come back, unless, unless, I mean, because I, I don't know, I unless so. he's draftable, but I, I really yeah. do like he's just, he's incredible. I, I love him. He's one of my favorite Michigan players, like in, in, in recent memory. Um, that DJ was the Turner. ground covering like equivalent to I I, I yeah. immediately thought about when Charles Woodson made his interception against Michigan State in 1997. I know we are we are making a lofty comparison here. Uh, when they show the replay, uh, the um, whoever the analyst was in this game mentions that says that Michigan State's quarterback uh, uh, quote did not know that Charles Woodson could jump 15 feet in the air, and I feel like that was the. Um, uh, you know, this was the equivalent for C.J. Stroud was him, uh, like, not knowing that Mike Sainer still could actually cover 10 yards of ground against uh, Cade Stover over the course Come out of, of nowhere all being in flight. And use, to be clear, use, like, two fingers to knock the ball out of the hands of a guy who's, like, literally a foot taller than him and had two hands on it. That, I mean, I think that is a play where you can make the Woodson comparison. That was Woodson-esque. Um and I'm with that. Dan. That was a bigger like that is a bigger play than I'm sorry. Charles Woodson made that play against a bum ass Michigan State team that was never going to win that game anyway. Um, it's it's like one of the six interceptions of that game. I still remember. Right. Like, no, I mean, that, that play wasn't I, I agree that play Woodson made wasn't pivotal. I'm just going to cut you off before you say something you're going to regret about Charles Woodson. But um, yeah, Mike Sanders still dude. him coming back would be one of the hugest guys that could come back next year. He is the truth. He's unbelievable. And I mean, like. It's it is unprecedented for I mean it, it, we 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 can say it now that like he's done it at the highest level. It's like it is unprecedented for a, a wide receiver like nothing recruit 
just to change positions and just immediately be elite. It's so sick. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, the corners, like, honestly, the fact that, like, we don't really remember much. Every every, every catch was contested. Um, DJ Turner was in contact every time. Like, Marvin Harrison made some unbelievable plays. Uh, Amika Ibuka made some pretty unbelievable plays as well. CJ Stroud made some unbelievable throws. But there was nothing that I was like, oh, wow, that was really bad coverage. You know, Jemon Green got dusted for the one uh, touchdown, and even that was, like, Another perfect throw. I mean, yeah, I mean, like barely, like it, I wouldn't even say dusted because, like, he got beat by about a step. But that's that right. ball, yeah. Stroud through is as pretty as a ball can be. So. Right, you can't be mad at him for that. Like, that's gonna happen. Like, well, I just they're, they're, they're also dialed up a really like five safety blitz on that play. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's right. It was never going to get there, so he just left Jamon Green out to dry on that one. But I think it was really notable that Michigan was totally okay letting. Any of Turner uh, Green or Will Johnson cover Marvin Harrison. They they just lined up left and right like they normally do, and it it was whoever was on him. And I mean, Will Johnson. Yeah, I, did, I didn't I mean, notice. Will Johnson him. made a he made Will, one Will hit on on CJ Stroud, and other than that, I don't remember <laughs> him being out there. And he was out there. He made an awesome play that actually uh, didn't end up really mattering because it was on the first drive where Ohio State scored a you know scored a touchdown. But um, he came off of a what was designed to be like a pick play to Kate Stover and made a really awesome, uh, you know, uh, a really awesome tackle in space and what could have been, you know, a play that saved four points. But, um, yeah, I thought he played awesome. Um, I thought that uh, Rod Moore was like all over the place. He's Rod Moore has to get better, like weirdly just overran some screens in this game. That's the one critique I have, but was just was just in coverage on legitimate do at, at least athletically legitimate dudes at wide receiver um, had, had a couple of pass breakups. I mean, I yeah, thought he almost uh, had a pick where he jumped around beautifully and they just yeah. Travis calling yeah. pass appearance. It was, like, a couple no, of, was there first. <laughs> get a couple of his like sick open field tackles like he had last year too. And yeah, yeah. he seems to really get up for this game, which is not surprising because he's that classic Ohio guy who was just outside the range where Ohio state offers him. So he deeply hates them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it was, uh, I think that like him and, um, uh, God, who's well, I, I have like a mental block about who is the other like safety that actually came back this game. Uh, Macari Page. Macari Page. I thought he had an underratedly good game as well. Um, he he's going to be a real asset. Uh, yeah, he had, he had, the I mean, the pick was tipped into his hands, but it was nice well, to see I mean, him yes, get rewarded yes. for a good game. <laughs> yeah. Listen, he, we're, we're, I'm allowing it. He had a pick. Be nice. He he's he is a big safety, and he's going to be a real asset um, in uh, in the event that you know when Michigan plays Georgia for a national title in a couple of months, uh, he's he's going to be called into action against those tight ends. I think he's going to be a real asset um, because he has the size to match up. You know, I'm not saying that he'll win that matchup, but like having a six four safety that can run like that is not something that a lot of teams have. Um, I think that. He's been underrated. You know, him coming back from injury was underratedly huge. Um, All right. I'm shooting yeah, this I, in here because uh, um, we skipped over it earlier. Uh, CJ Stroud uh, on like w- when they absolutely had to have it um, trying to escape the pocket and then underhand pitching the ball in a way where uh, a Michigan uh, rotational rush defensive tackle basically Um who had dropped into his own coverage ends up with the ball in his hands. That would be Taylor Upshaw. Uh, 
God, that was so satisfying. That, that yeah, was that just, that was really, really fucking funny. <laughs> and for Upshaw, the guy who's like the much maligned, you know, long on heart, but short on talent kind of upperclassman leader to get it. That was also a special moment, you know, a uh, special moment for the happy warriors, but for real. <laughs> um, I, I think back to the secondary, I just want to say, I will challenge anyone. I'm actually open to this. If like Patrick wants or someone like that wants to disagree with me that knows what they're talking about, but like, Show me a better secondary performance this year in college football where you give up 23 points total and three points in the second half to certainly by far the most talented passing attack in college football. And I would say the best. And as Dan said, you're in contact, you're, you're contesting everything. Like you're outplaying those receivers quite often. Like show me anyone who's played better than that, uh, you know, in the secondary relative level of competition. Cause I, I'm not aware of it if it's happened. Georgia holding Oregon to three points was pretty good. Okay. I mean, there might be candidates, but you know. <laughs> no, it's really I, the I, only I, one I can think of. <laughs> but but you know what? But and I, I was actually gonna say Georgia, Georgia against Tennessee and Georgia against Oregon are two two. But here's the thing Georgia's getting pass rush. Um and and uh for, for large parts of this game, they didn't get any help. Like it was just, you know, we talked about how Michigan was gonna need to generate pressure to 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 win this game. And credit to Jesse Minner, who you know, and this was kind of the, the meta part that I wanted to talk about. Like, if you watch NFL games nowadays, there are obviously teams like that get a lot of pressure and, and get pressure with four and, and blitz, you know, in opportune times. But the meta has shifted away from like, oh, you got to blitz, you got to, you got to get pressure, you know, like get home, make these quarterbacks make reads. Like, teams don't play man coverage very often. Like, the, you will see a lot of teams like drop eight, drop seven, and drop eight, and just like, you know, Force Pat Mahomes or uh, or uh, or Josh Allen or whoever the elite quarterback is to to read coverage um, and like to you know and, and at the very least like you keep everything in front of you and you tighten up in the red zone and that's what Jesse Minner did um, and you know I think that like there's a lot of young pass rushers on this team that are going to get better and and will have a better pass rush next year probably than this year at least you know maybe. Inter, I know the numbers, it's still good, but let's be honest, we got a lot of our sacks against crappy offensive lines. Um, it it's it was this secondary was like like Jesse Minner said, like, you guys are gonna win this game for me. And they did. Like when they needed it, they did. Um, and that's just like you you can't say enough about this performance. This is this was absolutely heroic and uh one of the great one of the great secondary performances that you know I've I've ever seen. Um, and I was, yeah, it's, you just, you just can't say enough about these guys and the way they played on Saturday. Yeah. Quick shout out to Steve Klinkscale, who is clearly one of the best position coaches in the country. Remember when we just didn't have a safeties coach? <laughs> Come on. No, we did. We had shoot on a, like, this, this would be a, this would be like very, a very funny time for the Michigan beat to finally like drop the story about that. God. Yeah. I would, I'd love to <laughs> if know. They were the worth their salt. <laughs> Uh, it'd be it'd be like like just everyone they could be just like yeah he actually murdered three people and be like all right well you know what like look <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless hey, we gotta, he posed no like, physical danger over zoom okay <laughs> yeah right <laughs> uh all right uh yeah defense overall uh i already mentioned you know ohio state's only been held below 43 points twice this season and those were in uh, unusual circumstances, whether that was the opener or um, a, a tornado. Uh, Michigan forced them to punt five times. They forced three field goals. Um, 
Ohio State failed a fourth down conversion, the only one they tried, and Michigan came up with two interceptions. Um, Ohio State was one; they got one touchdown on five red zone trips. Uh, the the thing we were concerned about happening to Michigan is actually what they did to Ohio State, um, and that I mean I I was optimistic this game about this game, and I thought it would turn because the defense made a handful of stops. Uh, they made eleven stops. <laughs> that's that's a lot of stops against Ohio State. It's uh, the reason I paused for that long there is because I I, I triple checked the mental math. Um, that that is stopping Ohio State way more than anybody else has stopped Ohio State. Um, yeah, I mean, I think what's remarkable to me is like in the second half, Michigan obviously had the upper hand in all phases. Um, in the first half, there were long stretches there where they just weren't getting any help. And when Michigan did score, they were quick strike touchdowns. So the, the defense was on the field constantly. And it's very easy to fold in that situation. Uh, most teams do. So I'll just briefly say that's impressive. Um, just briefly, Jesse Minner is very good. I don't know where he ranks among college DCs right now, but it's high. Uh, this is at least the second best defense in the nation behind only Georgia. I also have a brief piece of reality for Ohio State fans. I agree that Ryan Day should have been more aggressive on one or two of those fourth down calls. But when you lose by 22 points, that was not why you lost. Michigan's defense outplayed your offense. Hmm. And now we get to the special team section where we get to talk about uh, how how this could have been at least a lot closer. Um, because Jim Harbaugh re- revealed in uh, in his Sunday uh, Big Ten Championship preview presser, which was more of an Ohio State review presser, if we're being honest, um, that Michigan had scouted out, uh, I think all year really, but and they had drilled all week, that Ohio State had a particular tell when they were planning to fake a punt and i'm not sure how michigan managed to figure this out but um they 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 had this figured out and when i went back and looked at the game it was easy to find uh the playing question because uh ohio state had a fake on on the drive where they had a first and 35 and then moved that all the way up to a fourth and six and cj stroud before this play is openly protesting that the punt team is coming up on coming onto the field Ryan Day has already punted from a short field at least once. He is he has been annoyingly just cowardly, and Stroud is sick of it because he's supposed to be the best quarterback in the country, and his coach keeps pulling him off the field. But it turns out they they had been playing this fake, and while I think it is very silly to pull off uh, your Heisman contending quarterback and a god tier wide receiver uh, to try to get the ball to a backup tight end on a fake punt. This shit was going to work uh, because, as Harbaugh said, Michigan did not notice uh, the very obvious tell, which was Ohio State flipping their up men, I think, um, so that they could snap it to the guy who played running back in high school instead of the linebacker. Um, but uh, after Ohio State false started the first time they lined up for a punt, uh, the second time everybody ran the fake except the long snapper. And unfortunately, the long snapper was very, very critical to that play because he snapped it to the punter instead of the up man and Ohio state almost certainly would have had a touchdown on the left side because this thing was blocked for acres. It was going to get to AJ Henning. That was the only guy who was going to have to have a chance to make a play. And Ohio state was probably going to have at least one guy leading out as a blocker for him. Um, But the snap went to the punter, the pumper punter. If you're trying to figure out which play this was, it was the punt that Michigan almost blocked 
because Ohio State didn't block the entire side of Michigan's line because that was the side they weren't running towards. Except that's the side that Jesse Mitz, or Jesse Merker punts towards, and that's that's a real problem. Um, it was kind of miraculous that he got it off. It was kind of miraculous that Michigan didn't uh, either block it or rough him, and it was miraculous that it went far enough to go for a touchback. But that was when the game was, I believe, twenty four twenty, and Michigan then drove and scored. And I, it it is hard to think of a a, a bigger potential swing in a game, and. I also don't feel like it is a particularly large fluke that that happened when Ohio State, um, first of all, was setting up a, a fake that was so damn obvious that uh, Michigan had had it scouted out for weeks and just just messed it up. Um, but then for them to screw it up execution-wise, when if you listen to certain Ohio State fans, uh, they hate their special teams coordinator, Parker <laughs> Fleming. Um, and, but like uh, that's, that's, that's the thing, right? Like It's not a fluke. It's, it's not, not a, a I mean, Ke- Kevin you... Harris in our preview on me to midfield called this. He said yeah. that there was going to be some sort of disastrous special teams mistake. And it just happened to be even more creative than he could have possibly fathomed. Right. When, when you take a ruthless death machine with that urban Meyer, you know, for all his faults as a, as a person, human being and a, a man and a father, um, like built this program into a absolutely like just, um, maybe maybe not like a machine that that he you know it, they lost a lot of games to, to really good teams but at least a machine they were that was good. designed we it was designed to beat Michigan right in the way that Michigan is now designed to beat Ohio State and when you take that and you let this you know let things atrophy and you hire you you hire people like uh like Parker Fleming and you like when you finally have the balls to like go for it and, and make your stamp on this rivalry that your team isn't well organized enough to pull it off. That's not a fluke. Like, I mean, the first of all, you know, if they had actually done it and let's get say score touchdown game's not over, like Michigan still out of, you know, it still outplayed Ohio state from, from that point on, but whatever, it certainly would have been a lot closer. Yeah. But like, it's you, it's, it's not a fluke. Like that's, that's a feature of the program is the disorganization and the incompetence that you have allowed to fester at one of like the best programs in the country. And that's on Ryan day and nobody else. And, and yeah, Ryan Day continued to play. take the ball out of his quarterback's hands to put it in on his punter's foot. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I guess kudos to him for trying to get aggressive in a weird way um, once. Uh, but Man, I mean, I, I I think the Ohio State fans who want his head on a platter are going to be sorely disappointed. But I'm also very much looking forward to this being the coach at Ohio State that Michigan gets to face when Jim Harbaugh is clearly willing to take pretty much every edge that Ohio State gives him. And Ryan Day wants to coach his way. And those are two very different things. Yeah. yeah and that, yeah, the oh, go ahead, Connor. I was going to say a bad special teams play is one of the telltale signs of running your program poorly. That's why we know Kirk Ferentz is the best coach in America. But (laughs) um, I also, yeah, I I also just want to stress again, and I'm I'm being kind of a shit about this to make a point. Like the high state fans are like, of course, Ohio state's going to convert that fourth and five. They let Stroud have it. I'm like, why do you think that Michigan has stopped them on like, you know, that level of yardage over and over again in this game. And so, yes, I agree that, that that there should have been more aggression, but I also just want to like be clear here. Like 
if you, if you remove Ryan Day's play calling from the equation, the fact that he's running a worse program than the Michigan Wolverines is still going to be relevant to the outcomes on the field. Right. And to me, that's why I thought that that play was game when, when Day called off Stroud. Like, that's how you knew it was game. That's when I knew it was game over because it was like, if, because first of all, you know, fourth down, like fourth and five is not a guarantee in this game. You, but you also know that your quarterback just took you from what first and 35 mm-hmm. all the way up to that point. And like, if the kid's cooking, let him go. And Ryan Day said, no, I would rather, you know, do whatever positional football field position bullshit that he likes right after they, was that right after Michigan's eight minute drive? Like once Michigan started to play their game, like that's when you kind of knew, like the game was on the line for Ohio state right there and they did not meet the moment. And that is like, what is so critical to like how that game unfolded? Like it was over at 24, 20. Yeah. Uh, Michigan um, went on their eight minute drive right after that. Um, that was Okay. This yeah, was really yeah. the sequence that I thought broke Ohio State because sure. um, right after they screw up that fake punt um, because they don't want to just play it straight up on fourth and five. Um, yeah, Mich- Michigan goes down the field. I mean, they got the ball with six minutes left and the drive goes into the fourth quarter. Um, oh, yeah, and, that's right. okay. and, and that drive ended with J.J. McCarthy running through uh, safety at the goal line. <laughs> um, I cannot think... Especially since, while we did not know this, Ohio State had to know that they had a fake on on that play and that they completely screwed it up and missed it, like what would have been a touchdown. Uh, that has got to be just an absolute devastating turn of events. Um, and incidentally, uh, their next drive goes three and out and they commit an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty uh, on the punt return. Um, which we never got to see. That was the one we didn't get to see. Uh, oh, yeah, that was the right. one on Kate Stover. There was another one on G. Scott that was, uh, uh, he, he just uh, headbutted a guy uh, like three seconds after the play was over on the sideline with a ref literally standing right there. Um, that's the rivalry game composure, folks. And that was when it's the game undis- was close. It's undisciplined and bad, but um, it was the only kind of like real, real fight you saw out of Ohio State. Like but their no only, offense. their only fight was when it didn't matter and it actually actively hurt them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we love to see that. To be honest, we really, truly love to see that. Um, I think an underrated moment of this game was when, um, in, in another situation where I think we're seeing Ryan Day, not only Ryan Day's approach this game, but also that he does not feel like he's built an offense that can convert like critical downs with medium distance left or even medium to short distance left. Ohio state has a third and four on Michigan's nine yard line and they are losing by 11 points. Um, Which if you kick the field goal there, you might be down one score, but you might still be down two scores and he kicks the field goal there. Uh, That was right after Mike Sanders still broke up the pass to, to Cade Stover. Um, They kicked a 27 yard field goal. And I think the, um, just general level of shock over the uh, incredible play that Mike Sanders still just made kind of overshadowed this play in the moment, but that was a really cowardly call. And it came back to bite them on the very next staff from scrimmage, because that was Donovan Edwards running for 75 yards for a touchdown. Um, and that was game. So not only does Michigan have, I would say a stylistic advantage over Ohio state in this series right now, uh, they've got, an in-game management advantage and a a 
an attitude advantage and just a, a pure coaching advantage that um, it's kind of like given some of our complaints about Jim Harbaugh's in-game uh, management in the past, uh, it feels kind of wild to say this, but yeah, Michigan, Michigan has a big advantage on these guys right now. Yep. Jim Harbaugh is the best coach in the country who has not won a national title. I stand by that take. It's getting harder to argue with that one. Uh, all right. Um, we are going to save the Purdue preview, uh, the Big Ten title game, because uh, we've been going for quite a while here. And uh, we have things to do like eat and sleep and uh, all that good stuff. And also, we we have a good old premium pod on meetatmidfield.com. So sign up for meetatmidfield.com at meetatmidfield.com slash subscribe. And you can listen to some combination of people uh, preview the Purdue game because the Big Ten Championship is still important. We do not want to give it short shrift. And uh, this is almost a two-hour podcast. And and uh, we want the listener experience to be good, too. Um, yeah, the, the, the Purdue pod is just going to be uh, me fighting with my girlfriend. Uh, yes, it, it, it's about, going to yeah. end in Dan moving into my basement. Yeah, no, it's not going to – you're not going to fight with your girlfriend, Dan, because you're going to pick Purdue and gas them up as the the upset comeback kids, the spoiler makers. It's, it's going to end with Dan living in my basement or Dan not being allowed back on this podcast. <laughs> I, I have to I have to admit, I said um, – so, you know, as for, for those that don't know or haven't, you know, my, my girlfriend is a Purdue alum. Uh, Purdue's like I've, – I've adopted Purdue as a second team. Like, they don't – they don't play Michigan very much and honestly, like, very fun basketball team to root for. Like, generally, like, a low-likable program in my opinion. Um, but I did, uh, on, on like late on Saturday, I said something like just so air, like Michigan arrogant. And like, it, like she was like, you know, like Purdue had won and it it was clear that they were you know going to play Michigan in the the title game. And, um, you know, we were talking or whatever. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, like, I'm like, you know, Katie, it's, it's okay. Like if you root for Purdue in this game, like, you know, I, I won't be like mad at you. And she's like, what are you talking? Of course, I'm going to root for Purdue. In this. Like, what are you? Like, I don't need your permission to root for Purdue. And I immediately was like, "Man, that was a really dick thing to say." Oh my like, god! Man, so feeling sounded- himself way too much there. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> to, to be fair, to be fair, it's it's kind of like it, right? Like, I mean, I I root for Purdue in basketball, like almost as hard if not harder than i root for like michigan basketball and when they play each other don't don't dig the hole deeper dan you gotta stop yeah what are you saying what i'm saying is there there is a compromise there right like it's we we know we know which sports are are more important to each Dan, Dan, we're trying to save your relationship right now (laughs) oh she she does your relationship with this podcast she does not (laughs) listen to this podcast don't worry about that (laughs) anyway um yeah, well, uh, yeah, I think we've all said some things that we might regret later this week because we've been feeling ourselves a tremendous amount. Uh, but um, yeah, Michigan just beat Ohio State by uh, by a lot. Um, so I'm going to be riding this way for a while. I think we all are. Um, there is a full gifts post free to everybody at meetatmidfield.com that is, if I may say so myself, uh, glorious. Um, And you can read that right now. Um, And if you like it, consider subscribing. Um, Follow us on Twitter at Bucket Problem and at Meet Midfield. Subscribe to this here free podcast. Maybe rate and review us while you're uh, feeling generous. Uh, Use the promo code meetatmidfield at homefieldapparel.com. Use the promo code BUCKETPROB on PointsBet. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. Go Blue. Ohio Beaton.